three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. For your approval, this review from Joshua Hunter, a film critic based out of Reno, Nevada. Today, I will explain to you the brilliance of season two of The Twilight Zone. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This is Hunter here, and uh, of course, we have a review for season two of The Twilight Zone, the CBS All Access uh, exclusive. So, Full disclosure, I really don't know why I review, didn't review season one. It was something I wanted to review and just kind of fell through the cracks. And honestly, I was just like, you know, we need to review it. I want to review it. And then it just didn't happen. But I really wanted to see what season two was going to bring. So season one for me, there are some episodes I really fucking love. I thought the comedian episode uh, was incredibly well done. Uh uh, starring uh, Kamal Najani uh, and uh, Tracy Morgan, um, of course. Tr- seeing Tracy Morgan back doing comedy, especially after his accident, um, and he brings some drama and some good horror elements into that episode that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed that episode. The episode of Adam Scott, uh, Nightmare at, six, uh, at uh, 3,000 Feet, uh, a remake, of course, on a classic Twilight Zone episode. I enjoyed it, wasn't in love with it, definitely went on like 15 minutes too long. Uh, the episode replay uh, with the woman who is trying to prevent her son from being killed uh, by a racist state trooper where she's able to use his camcorder to go back in time. Enjoyed that episode. Unfortunately, still very timely given the, the political climate we're in. The episode I thought was the best for that season was the A Traveler episode with uh, Stephen Yin. Um, that episode was incredibly excellent, as well was uh, as the uh, the Blue Scorpion episode that starred a Chris O'Dowd. I thought he was uh, incredible with Jeff. So I thought the first season was good. On our scale, I'd probably give it a B minus because I did feel like some of the episodes really were about ten minutes too long. Um, if in a perfect world, every Twilight Zone episode should be about. 32 minutes really doesn't need to be longer than that in most cases and I think that they almost felt like they just needed to give the episodes a little more length for some reason in the first season which did bother me uh season two while there are some longer episodes I thought the longer episodes were actually all warranted and it didn't bother me which was a very uh pleasant surprise so uh because so Sorry, to get into some of my history with the Twilight Zone, I am a Twilight Zone nerd uh, through and through. I am going to dance around spoilers as much as I can on this because I think this season is such an incredible improvement from season one. I really do want people to try to experience these episodes as spoiler-free as humanly possible. But just to go into my history of the show, I am a huge Twilight Zone fan. It is my first true introduction into pure sci-fi. The episode uh, of the original Twilight Zone by Rod Serling, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, I think is one of the finest pieces of television uh, that's ever been made. 
I think the way it shows how ugly humanity it is, uh, humanity can be. Uh, unfortunately, again, um, it, it's so timely, especially for where the, the political climate we're in now. It shows how people's paranoia can be used against them. You look at that, uh, you look at the episode, Would uh, the Real Martian Please Stand Up? I, I love that episode. Um, I think it's an incredible detective uh, sort of mystery. It's it's so freaking uh, amazing. I could go into other episodes, you know, Eye of the Beholder. I mean, there, there's a lot of episodes of Twilight Zone that are uh, uh, classic. Um, I am blanking on the freaking episode name. Um, uh, I think it's called "It's a Good Life," um, but it's the the episode where the kid, uh, the kid can wish people into the cornfield. That's still that that scared the hell out of me as a kid. If you want to go ahead and <laughs> help people with bowling, just tell them that everyone <laughs> that they're mean to can wish them to a cornfield. It's it's an incredibly well done episode, um, and I think that's something that this season embraces more. Is that while Twilight Zone definitely is about, you know, class structure, racism, it does at many points go out and teach you a lesson. It doesn't always need to teach you a lesson. And I think that in the first season, they were kind of obsessed with every single thing needs to be a, uh, you know, needs to be a fable. And yeah, sometimes the fable can just be, you know, doesn't need to have some very deep meaning. Sometimes it can just be uh, more obvious. And I think there will be people who complain about that, which, you know, that's your prerogative. I, I think you're incredibly wrong, but uh, but I think a lot of people in season one were like, oh, I'm being so beaten over the head with, you know, this message or this message. And there is some of that in this in this season, but to be honest, it didn't bother me. Um, I never reviewed it because, to be honest, I never, I, I couldn't really think of just how to do a review of it, but... I went to the uh, Twilight Zone Fathom event uh, last year uh, in uh, late 2019. I think it was for the, it was, uh, I believe for the 50 year anniversary. Uh, yeah, I went to that and watched, it was like six or eight classic episodes and then a Rod Serling mini documentary. I had a fucking blast. I think I got to the theater at seven, got home at almost one. I was like, yep, that was totally worth my time. Fucking loved it. Um, I love the Twilight Zone. I have such admiration for Rod Serling and how brilliant a mind he was. And so to have someone like Jordan Peele as an executive producer on this, I went, oh, well, Jordan Peele, uh, to quote Zoolander, he's so hot right now. Uh, Jordan Peele's one of those guys who he's entered that level for me, where if I hear he's attached to something in any way, I go, oh, cool. I will go see it. I don't care. He's only 41, too. He's got so much greatness ahead of him. I'm so excited for uh, Lovecraft uh, uh, Country that comes out here next month. I am really hyped for that. Um, of course, you know you know him from Get Out, Us. Um, to go very far back, um, I remember Jordan Peele, not just from Mad TV, but I remember Jordan Peele from uh, the, uh, Chocolate News with uh, David Allen Greer. That was a show on Comedy Central back in, I think, it was 2001, 02. But I remember him from that. And I remember thinking, man, this guy is, like, this guy is talented. I wonder if he's going to do something else. And he goes on, of course, to do a Key and Peel, which I didn't get too much into, actually into it had been off the air for a couple years because 
I, you know, I'm a huge Chappelle Show fan, and I was really pissed off after Mind and Mencia came out, so I was very gun-shy to try out another one of those type of shows on Comedy Central. I thought Keenan Peele was really funny. Um, wasn't in love with it like some people were, but I think it's a damn funny show. Um, I remember Jordan Peele, of course, from, Jordan, uh, from Children's Hospital, uh, too, which is a show that I don't talk about a lot, but always found, as far as those Adult Swim shows, always found that incredibly, uh, just that perfect blend of awkward humming, uh, awkward funny and slapstick. So when I heard he was involved with Twilight Zone, I was like, hell yeah, uh, yeah, sign me up. So the pedigree of people on this show is pretty impressive. So, I mean, you have Jordan Peele. Um, Simon Kinberg, who of course has worked with the, uh, the X-Men franchise, um, you know, they're behind it and it really is pretty crazy um, the amount of talent they have working on these episodes. Uh, so I'm just going to go through each episode and again, dance around some stuff, but uh, go ahead and uh, try to go ahead and uh, give you guys my thoughts here. So meet in the middle. Uh, this is an episode that stars uh, J- uh, Jillian Jacobs, who you, of course, know from Community, and uh, Jimmy Simpson, who I always really like when I see Jimmy Simpson. I think he's a very underrated, uh, I think he's an incredibly underrated actor. Um, you know him, of course, uh, from uh, Westworld. Um, the thing I love about this episode, so um, he plays... Um, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, uh, uh, Jimmy Simpson plays Phil Hayes, and he's this guy who's just kind of down on his luck, uh, really wants to make a meaningful emotional connection with someone, um, you know, preferably uh, romantically. And his the episode opens up with this terrible date that he's on, and he's just he is fucking up this date so badly. It's it's incredibly beautifully uncomfortable to watch, which it's supposed to be. And then he starts having this, basically this fucking episode, and you're like, oh my god. Um, and he starts hearing this voice in his head from this woman, That and he, of course, is like, wait, what? Like, who the hell are you? And it's Annie, uh, who's Joan Jacobs' character. And you find out later on, it, the movie, or the episode really does, I think the episode does a good job of making you go, like, well, is he crazy, or is he actually hearing this person, or what's going on, he is actually going to counseling, uh, I believe it's a weekly, so the counselor even kind of goes, oh, you're hearing a voice, like, what the hell's wrong with you, um, like, you know, you're so egotistical that, you know, your faults are being represented in this female voice you're hearing. It's a really fascinating episode, and where the episode ends up, for me, and again, dancing around this, for me, this falls in the classic Twilight Zone. I, I think this is right up there with some of the classic episodes of all time. The The twist you might see coming, and there is a very profound twist, but you know, sometimes it's really not about the destination, sometimes it is about the journey, and the journey to get to this twist, it feels very incredibly well earned, it is a gut punch like a mother when it happens, and my girlfriend and I looked at each other like, wow, when the episode ends, it is just, it is just so well done, and I thought it started off the episode, or the, uh, the series, or the season, on a really high note. I personally liked it a little more than season one's uh, opener of The Comedian, because The Comedian 
it does set itself up in a way that you kind of know where it's going to go. Where, again, I believe that you can't figure out where this episode will end up. I, I liked the destination better for this episode than I did for the comedian. So, uh, really enjoyed it. Moving on to downtime. So, uh, this episode star- is uh, the one written by Jordan Peele for the season. Um, it's directed by um, uh, uh, J.D. Dillard as the uh, director. He has gone ahead and done, it looks like really mostly shorts, nothing and an episode, uh, a, a TV episode here and there, but nothing really, uh, not a huge film career. And the way this episode is shot, I think it's the most cinematic of all the episodes. As I mentioned, this is an episode that Jordan Peele wrote. It's still, it stars uh, Marina Baccarin as a uh, Michelle. She's this hotel manager who gets promoted to the position as the episode starts. But then everything around her starts falling apart. She feels like, oh my God, I have this great job. I have this great husband. Everything's perfect. But then her world starts to fall apart and it really deals. And this is one of those episodes I think people are going to either really love or really just kind of go, I don't get it. But the thing is, I don't think there's anything really to get. I think this episode just really plays with what we think our life means in general and what reality means in general and what the point of all of this is that's really what i took away from this i didn't need to have some big profound um twist or ending it really is just kind of questioning the world around you um and honestly that's the message i took away from this is to question the world around you don't be just because your life is going so well doesn't mean that there aren't things to question that someone else's life that you're close to, maybe their life isn't going so well. So question things like challenge the status quo. That's a good thing because when you get complacent, that's where you settle. And that's what I took away from this. And I may be digging way deeper, I fully acknowledge, into uh, this episode than Jordan Peele even intended, but that's what I personally took away from it. But I thought it was a good episode, not a great episode, but a, 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 a solid episode of Twilight Zone. Uh, the Who of You is maybe the most unnerving episode of the se- of the season for me. Uh, this stars uh, Ethan Embry, who plays Harry Pine. Um, you know, uh, you know Ethan Embry, he was in, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, uh, he was in, uh, uh, The Thing You Do, um, he's in, he's on Sneaky Pete, which I hear is really good, I just haven't sat down and watched it, but I recognize him the most from, uh, Blind Spotting, which I'm a huge fan of that movie, um, he plays a very, um, interesting role here, uh, he, uh, the thing about him that I really actually enjoyed is that he pl- has a very Tatiana, um, Maslany type performance here. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the podcast, I'm a huge fan of Orphan Black, and I think that show does not get nearly enough credit. Uh, since he's playing Harry Pine, um, Harry Pine, he's this actor who is, uh, he's this actor who has his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is just really getting sick of him just being a being a loser and he's an actor but he's 
hasn't been working very consistently, but he's still holding on to the dream of wanting to be an actor. And she's really like, look, we can't pay our bills. Like, you need to do something. And he goes ahead and uh, is able to go ahead and uh, pull a uh, pull a, uh, Denzel Washington and uh, not not Denzel Washington, but the movie Fallen that he was in. He's able to jump into people's bodies uh, just by looking at them uh, right in the eye, and it becomes this huge episode of him robbing a bank, getting a good amount of money, and then having to jump back and forth into multiple bodies to go ahead and um, try to get the money back to his place and go ahead and have a better life for him and his wife. It's a very, as I mentioned, unnerving episode because some people's bodies he jumps into. And this is an episode where I'm really, really, really dancing around, uh, dancing around spoilers. He really goes ahead and takes advantage of people in a way that I really found incredibly fucking uncomfortable. And I could see a lot of people being so weirded out by this episode they don't like it. But honestly, that's the point. This is episode supposed to make you upset. It's supposed to really make you go, oh, you son of a bitch. It's it's really interesting, especially where it ends up. Um, the biggest actor in this is uh, Billy Porter, who plays a uh, who plays a psychic. And the conversation that uh, his character Keith and Harry have in the uh, in a in a Keith's shop, I thought was one of the best scenes in the whole season. Um, it's a very raw, it's a very um, intense, it's a very brutally honest conversation. And that's something that I really appreciated about that, that even though Harry is lying to the world around him, he finds he's able to take out a few minutes to be honest with Keith. It's a very, it's a very interesting way that they play it. And I, I, dug the hell out of it. I, I thought it was I thought it was absolutely great. Um, moving on to episode four, uh, called Ovation. Um, this episode uh, goes ahead and stars uh, uh, Journey Smollett. You, of course, know Journey Smollett as a Black Canary, recently in Birds of Prey, which I thought she was excellent in. Um, of course, from The Great Debaters, uh, she's going to be in Lovecraft County, uh, or Country, which... Hell yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, as someone, and I've mentioned this on the pod before, but as someone who grew up with uh, parents who uh, who sang a lot and going to live uh, open mics and concerts quite a bit as a kid, I appreciated this because Journey Smollett, she plays this woman named Jasmine Delancey, and she is a struggling musician out there on the street going ahead, just playing her guitar, trying to get... Uh, people to notice her and she gets given this coin by the hottest pop star um in 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 the episode that they set up she gives her this coin and then goes ahead and walks in front of a bus and takes it and kills herself and you go holy shit what happened and you find out that this coin while it gives the ability for everyone to constantly praise you and, and, and give you applause it's like the coin itself. It's a double. It's a double. It's a double-sided coin. It's a double-edged sword. And the episode I thought was so interesting, talking about the pitfalls of fame and how you know you could you could think you want fame, you lose it, but it is like a drug and it's something that you almost need to survive once you hit a certain tier 
of fame. And I found that incredibly interesting. Uh, Tawny Newsom plays uh, Jasmine's sister, uh, Zara. And uh, I recognized her recently from Space Force as uh, Captain Angela Ali. She's great on Space Force. She's actually the best character. Um, she's, oh, she's going to be in uh, Star Trek Lower Decks coming up. Hell yeah. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, I loved the chemistry that her and uh, Journey had. I hope they get to work together again, honestly, because it would feel like a waste to not go ahead and uh, have them work together again. Um, Paul F. Tompkins is in this a little bit as this... Uh, talk show host. I always love seeing Mr. Peanut Butter. That always makes me happy. Um, and Thomas Lennon is this Ryan Seacrest type host for this uh, American Idol type program that Jasmine ends up on. Um, the episode's incredibly solid. Love the way it ends up. Um, it's a dark ending, actually. I remember going, oh, wow, okay, that's, that's, damn, all right. But de- an episode definitely worth your time. Um, among the, the untrodden uh, is this episode, it's, it, you think it's gonna go one way, and I think that's something I have to give the episode the most credit for, I thought I knew what I was watching the whole time, and when the episode ended, I went, oh, I didn't know what I was watching that, well, well played show, um, I love the ending on this, um, the characters in it, so, uh, Abby Hearn plays Madison, who I, haven't seen her in anything that I can, uh, that I can recall, um, oh, she's in, uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I haven't seen her really anything, she plays Madison, who's this very, uh, mean girl, uh, they go to this, uh, Catholic private school, I want to say, and Madison's just this complete and total bitch, has her posse of people, and, she goes ahead and is bullying this girl, Irene, who's played by Sophie Macy. And what I love about the episode the most is Madison and Irene's chemistry. Because Madison gets convinced by Irene that she has psychic powers. And Madison, of course, goes, you know, this is bullshit. You're fucking weird. Because Irene is, for all intents and purposes, a, a, a loser. She's very much a person who keeps to herself, is very, very socially awkward, um, it's really interesting to see her and Madison's initial interactions, because Madison is such a bitch to her, but Irene, you can really tell, wants to help Madison, and it's through seeing their friendship grow throughout the episode that, um, that you go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm digging what's happening here, my only real complaint about this episode is that there is something that happens at a point, and when it happens, you'll see it. And it is that classic kind of trope problem whenever you do an episode or a movie involving a school, like a high school, that there are just points where things happen where teachers, you go, wow, every one of you teachers would be fired if you let this go and didn't address this. It's it's one of those things I always kind of go, okay, like, I know this is, you know, a problem with the the whole format as far as having things happen in the school, because you can't have teachers always, you know, reprimanding every student, because then you don't have a movie, but this thing in particular, I went, okay, that, I, I can't just let you guys slide on that, but this is a great, great, great episode, and I actually think it'll be one of the more divisive ones, 
uh, for the season, but personally, it was one of my actual favorite ones. So, um, I'm not gonna go through the rest of the episodes. I'm gonna go through them real quick. Um, uh, eight is this mo- is the next one. It's uh, stars Joe McHale. It's a it's essentially the thing, but with an octopus. That's the best way I can describe it. This is for me the weakest episode of the series, uh, or of this of the season. I thought it was good. It could have been honestly under the half hour mark. This could have been twenty two minutes, uh, and I think the episode or the episode episode the, uh, <laughs> the episode that was weird. Uh, I think the episode itself would have actually benefited from being a lean twenty two minutes. I, I I think they could have cut quite a, a good amount from this, but. The deaths that happen in this are very brutal. Um, when you find out why this octopus is so special, it is kind of a, oh, shit, that's intense. I actually really like the way they kind of made that twist. But, yeah, it's an episode that really could have been shorter um, and probably needed to be. Um, a Human Face, a, a, another great episode for me. There is an Easter egg involving moving boxes to a classic uh to a classic uh, Twilight Zone episode that I just went, oh, that's fucking clever. Uh, Christopher Maloney and Jenna Elfman are playing uh, Robert and Barbara, respectively, who lost their daughter, who's played by Tavi uh, Jimson, uh, Maggie. And you find it really is a critique of their marriage and about grief. And I love the way it plays with, with tropes on grief on grief and really makes these people have to get raw with not just themselves but with each other i really appreciated that um that the ending is a little ambiguous so i could see that being kind of an issue with people kind of going but wait is this a does this mean this i could see people having a problem with that personally i didn't i just really enjoyed the fact that it's very much a bottle episode everything really takes place in this house and I appreciate that. It made it made the episode feel like 10 Cloverfield Lane. And if you guys have listened to the pod, you know I'm a huge fan of that movie. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, a Small Town, uh, this episode stars Damon Wayans Jr., who I am a huge fan of, not just off of uh, Let's Be Cops, which I will defend. I don't care what anyone says. Let's Be Cops is great. And, of course, the other guys. But uh, he was great in Big Hero 6, and I love happy endings. I think that show is incredibly underrated, and I love him as coach on, uh, on New Girl. And I love this episode, too, because it asks the question of how much credit do we need for things as far as humanity is concerned. Um, it It's a very hard question to, ask, uh, to answer because myself, I like praise but i definitely don't run off it but there are times where i don't get credit for something i go oh what the hell and the concept of playing god literally playing god um really going into anything else uh would be into spoiler territory so i'll just say i really like the way they his character is portrayed i like the way it feels very human because it's a situation that you would have to really have to struggle with of oh god what am i gonna do um I can make things better, but can I handle not getting the credit for it? I found that that conversation incredibly fascinating, and the fact that he is able to play God because of this thing and help his town, along with dealing with his grieving wife, I found that incredibly, uh, I thought that was incredibly well done. Uh, now we have to get to the episode I think is going to cause the most uh, 
not the maybe not the most division, but I could see people being, and I'll get to it. I could see some people being really irritated. Uh, Topher Grace, you of course know him as Eric Foreman from that '70s show, but Topher Grace, I think we really need to give him some fucking credit because uh, ever since Black Klansman, um, I'm like, okay, dude, you, you like props because he really. Uh, and actually, American Ultra, too. He's the villain in that, and he's amazing in that, too. Topher Grace is an incredible actor, and I really just look forward to seeing him and shit now. So when I heard he was going to be starring a Twilight Zone episode, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I, I am all about that. Um, he plays Mark, who essentially has a Groundhog Day situation going on, where he is able to go ahead and relive this one day over and over again, where he meets this girl, Claudia, who's played by Callie uh, uh, Bunbury, who you uh, who I recognize from When They See Us, which um, I will have a review up for at some point this year. I just need to get in the mental headspace to watch it over again because it, it makes me very angry. Uh, you also recognize her from Game Night. She was great in Game Night. And this is why the episode's going to piss some guys off because I could see guys, some guys going, well... He just wants to love her. What's the big deal? But there is this point where he hits, and I'm going to kind of spoil this aspect, but he gets into a point where his love, and I'm putting love in quotes, his love for her is not love. It is stalker central. Like, it, it's, it gets very dark very quickly, and that's something that if you're a guy and you side with him... <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting conversation you need to have with yourself about why you think his behavior is not okay because his behavior gets to a point where i was looking over at i was looking over at leia and i was like oh man dude like they like at first you were kind of being sweet but you've officially gone into she's clearly uncomfortable and you're not leaving her alone and Again, this will ruffle some feathers because, again, of the political climate we're in. But, again, if you side with him, you really need to have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself why you do because you shouldn't. And I love the way the episode ends. I, I thought the episode ending on this, I went, yep, hell yeah, that's what I wanted. Um, lastly, um, uh, that episode was called Try Try, by the way. This episode, the finale, it's called You Might Also Like. So this episode stars uh, stars uh, Gretchen Mole as Mrs. Warren. It's this episode in particular is really kind of it's um there's not a lot of characters in it. It really is just essentially Gretchen Mole. Uh, it's almost like a one one person show. Um, I enjoyed this episode a lot because it is a sequel essentially to uh the to uh, to a classic twilight zone episode to serve man um really getting into it more than that again is spoiler territory but i will just say i won't look at eggs the same way again for a while <laughs> especially what this egg is able to do um this 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 season as i mentioned i really feel like this is just a giant step up from the first season. I didn't think the first season was terrible. I just really thought it missed its point uh, through about three or four episodes. This seems a lot more focused. It feels like Jordan Peele 
while he wasn't writing a lot of these episodes, it felt like he had a lot more time to maybe sit in and kind of... Uh, it felt like maybe Simon Kinnenberg was doing a lot more of the lifting the first season. It felt like Jordan Peele was more involved the second season. Um, every episode, for the most part, hits. Um, the endings on a lot of these episodes, especially, as I mentioned, uh, the Meet Me in the Middle episode, uh, the Who the Who of You, um, Ovation among the, the, the Untrodden, these endings hit with such a gut punch that I just went, hell yeah, this is how you should be doing Twilight Zone. Um, Rod Serling would be proud. He is looking down from heaven, very proud of what um, is being done with something he puts so much care and love into. Um, this is an incredibly well done season. It is well worth your time. Uh, this is a solid A for me. I, I thought this was really start to finish. Again, I, 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 th I think the eight episode is the weakest one. Um, again, could have been shorter, but that's one of the few complaints I have about this season. This is something you guys should all seek out. Um, if you don't have CBS All Access, this is well worth getting a free trial for to go ahead and just watch Twilight Zone. So, yeah, solid A for me. But, guys, Twilight Zone, what did you think? Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments below. Go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. Follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First, and you can follow Colin on Twitter at the Real O'Neill. And go ahead, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you can go ahead and find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio at the Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will have reviews up for. <laughs> it's very random, but we'll have reviews up for the Babysitter's Club. Yes, that is a thing we're reviewing because why not? <laughs> and we'll also have reviews up this week for Hamilton, which I am so excited to review. But uh, guys, I hope you're having a great weekend. Hope you're staying safe this weekend. Wear a mask. Take care of each other. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.